It's time to take off your clothes, enjoy clothes-free living, and join us for Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. Welcome to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, the show that celebrates clothes-free living for all. I'm your host, Frank Stone. And I'm your correspondent, Lisa Monroe, and I'll be reporting on all things within the Naturist community, so it's time to get naked and join us. And enjoy clothes-free living on Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. Well, welcome in to Naked, Nudists, and Naturists, episode 26 today. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to this time all week long to get together with you on Saturday mornings. We drop a brand new show every Saturday morning. 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Hit Spotify right away and then goes to the other podcast platforms. Sometimes right away, sometimes it takes a while. We are not in control of that. But we are in control of the 6 a.m. Eastern Time drop on Spotify. We are glad that you are with us. Celebrating the clothes-free living life for all the right reasons. Whatever you call it. Naked. Nude. Naturism. Nudism. Clothes-free living. (laughs) To us, it's all the same, just enjoying living without our clothes, because as you know, if you're a long-time listener or a long-time clothes-free living person, when your clothes come off, so does all the other junk, mentally, physically, emotionally, anything that ends with L-L-Y, it seems like, just becomes greatly enhanced. We are glad that you're with us on this special Christmas edition, dropping on December 23rd. Remember, as I told you a month or two ago, we had planned to take this weekend off and next weekend off, a New Year's Eve weekend, but we realized that not everybody has family to be around on Christmas. Not everybody has friends to come over. There are some people who are alone out there, and we know that, and we highly respect that, and we will not desert you. We will not leave you alone. Please keep that in mind. You are never alone. You have this community, you have us, you have Lisa Monroe, you have me, you have Jennifer Hill in the office. You are never alone in this world, and we are here for you today. I had a lady after Thanksgiving, I went out of town for Thanksgiving, and when I got back, she had called me about some issue in the neighborhood, and I said, you know, by the way, how was your Thanksgiving? And she is in her 90s, but alive and well and vibrant, and you don't want to mess with her. (laughs) And she said uh, she and her family celebrated Thanksgiving in the United States on the Wednesday in the United States. Thanksgiving is always the fourth Thursday of November. And they celebrated it with a big dinner on Wednesday. She said the actual Thanksgiving day, she was 100% alone. And I immediately felt bad. I wasn't here for her. I was out of town. But she quickly said, but that's okay, because I had all day to myself to relax, to enjoy the quiet time with my dog, and to read my book all day long. So it worked out for her. But not everybody is wired that way. Not everybody likes to be alone, as this lady does. So we are here for you. We just wanted you to know that. You can write to us through our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com. The best way to get us, this works every time really well, is through Twitter, You can find us on Twitter. Just type in Naked Nudists and Naturists, and our page will come up. You can also email us, as I've mentioned several times now, a couple of 
quirky things with our email because of some nefarious acts on the part of a few people. We know who you are. We're just not going to mention your names on this show, but we'll take care of it privately. So we're a little bit hesitant sometimes on email, but we do respond. It just might take us a while on email, whereas Twitter you can get to us uh, usually right away. But our email address is nakedforevermore at gmail.com. That's nakedforevermore at gmail.com. Well, on today's show, we will have Lisa Monroe here in just a few moments with a little bit of an extended time together. We, we set some extra time together today, mostly to discuss a recent email that we received. And I asked a gentleman to put his email in the form of a voicemail. So we will play his voicemail and then Lisa and I will discuss it. And it mostly centers around that age-old question slash issue that we hear about a lot. And we hear about it so much, it must be prevalent. It must be out there quite a bit. A couple is together. One of them is a naturist. One is not. And oftentimes the naturist keeps it quiet. Through the dating scene, through the marriage scene, through the raising children scene, they just keep it quiet. They get naked every chance they get, but they just don't let their spouse know about it. And then someday they do, whether it's 20 years into the marriage, 30 years in, 40 years in. Oh, by the way, I love to live close free. Probably should have told you 100 years ago, but I'm telling you now. And the spouse reacts one of two ways, either great, let's try it, or you have to be kidding me. And I suppose there is a third way. The spouse says, well, I'm not into this, but you can do it if you want, which is certainly better than nothing. But if you're with a person who embraces naturism as much as you do, it's so much more fulfilling. And part of what we always tell people, not that we are experts, we are not psychologists or marriage counselors or relationship counselors, but we have lived a few years and we've seen a few things, but we just tell people to be upfront. Be upfront with each other. You go out on your first date, second date, eh, third at the most. By the way, I'm a naturist. I love to live close free. And if the other person says, yikes, I'm out of here. Well, it's better to know after the second or third date than after 30 years of marriage, I would say. But that's a decision each person has to make on their own. So Lisa Monroe and I will talk about that. We will also have part two of my interview with highly prolific author Ted Bunn. Not only has he written a number of books on his own involving naturism and some other topics, but he, Paul Z. Walker, and Will Forrest uh, engaged together to produce those anthologies, one of which is coming out a little bit uh, later in 2024. But before we get to all of that, if you don't mind, since it is our Christmas show, this show is all about naturism. It's not a music show but is it okay if we play a little bit of music? It's, it's only two minutes long, I promise. Just indulge us, maybe have a little fun. Sing Along by Frank Sinatra, Jingle Bells. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, those holiday J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, those happy J-I-N-G-L-E Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what 
it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go Laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring Making our spirits bright What fun it is to ride and sing A sleighing song tonight Frank Sinatra action, jingle bells to get you in the holiday spirit. Merry Christmas to everybody. That's why we are here today, a planned vacation, but we are here for you to celebrate the world of naturism slash nudism slash clothes free living for all of the right reasons, even on Christmas weekend, maybe especially on Christmas weekend. Well, you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 26 today. We thank you very much for being with us. We enjoy this time together. We broadcast nude. We hope you can be nude when listening to the show. Some people listen to the show while they shop or while they drive. We understand you have to have some threads on. Otherwise, let's just enjoy the clothes-free living life for all of the right reasons. We'll enjoy it together as we bring in, you can tell by the music sneaking in. Lisa is sneaking in, too. It's time for our weekly correspondent on naturism, the terrific Lisa Monroe. And here she is, uh, the one and only, the close-free and always smiling, Lisa Monroe. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Good morning, Frank. I'm doing terrific this morning. Have you been close-free all week, or is it something you just uh, pulled off today? Well, as much as possible, trust me. <laughs> as much as possible, home, naked. Right. Not at home, not so naked. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't go grocery shopping, at least in most of, maybe all of our country, right? I Unless you're at a nudist resort and they happen to have a store on site. I would say so. I mean, I don't think Publix would be too happy of you streaking <laughs> through the produce department. So I saw a video. It was on okay. Twitter. You know, when you go on Twitter, you'll pretty much see anything and everything without even mm-hmm. trying. You just scroll mm-hmm. through. And there was some uh, water park. In fact, I think it was Disney World in Florida. Uh, there was a, a, a water slide or something. And a guy was on the slide totally nude. And of At course, Disney? Wow. Yeah, of course, a security <laughs> guard, you know, clothes was calling him over. Uh-huh. I'm sure his day didn't end well. But yeah, you just can't be nude anytime in any place, most, certainly at home. But if you're out in public, at least in our country, you have to be careful, right? Yeah, well, there's there are appropriate and inappropriate places. And I think Disney might be an inappropriate place to make your stand, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> just a little bit. Unless he had too much mouse juice. I don't know. So. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so, well, I thought we'd get into, okay. uh, we have a voicemail today. A gentleman okay. uh, wrote us a, a Hang nice... Hang on a second. Yes? Hang on a second. I have a question before okay. we get any further. Okay. I've been having some people ask me, how 
easy as it is to start a podcast. I mean, they think it's just, you know, they, they've heard the podcast and they want to know, how can you, how do you do that? How easy is it? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. I get that question all the time, as you might have guessed. And I'm sure. It's kind of like everything in the creative arts to me, uh, whether it's uh, you want to be an author, you want to be a musician, you want to be a radio person, a podcast host, whatever. It looks easy when you see people doing it or hear people doing it who know what they're doing. It's like, you know, I could do that. I could just, you know, if you're an expert on cars, I could have a podcast on cars. But that's not necessarily the case because it's it's having content knowledge is one thing. It's very important. But then putting the show together, the advice I would give people, two, two, twofold really. One is be prepared to work a lot of hours and be prepared to work really hard at it. You and I enjoy the heck out of this show. We love doing this show, but make no mistake, we work really hard, don't we? Yes, we do. And yeah. it takes more hours than people think it does to, yeah. you know, to, to take the few minutes that we even spend on this segment yeah. to take this part. It takes a lot more than the 10, 15 minutes we talk. Yeah. And then when you put all the other pieces together that we do, some for me behind the scenes, some for you, obviously, in front of the microphone, it's it's a lot different than people expect it to be. Yeah, it really is. And it uh, the other piece of advice I would give is, uh, no, irrespective of the topic, we're not talking naturism podcast, we're talking podcast on any topic in the world, is maybe do an episode and find out how long it takes you to get it right. You'd be surprised, you know, like a one-hour show, i got 60 minutes to kill. Oh, it's going to take a lot more than 60 minutes. And then when you're all done, like, do I have that kind of time every week or every month or whatever you decide to do? And then you go for it. But uh, I guess that the first piece of advice holds true. It's a lot of work. Be prepared to work really hard. We enjoy what we're doing. And I, I found some people get into it and they, they don't enjoy it. It's like, oh, this is too much like work. Forget it. So they do two or three episodes and they walk away on a variety of topics. I forgot how many millions of podcasts are out there, but some have, you know, two, five uh, episodes and they walked away because it's kind of hard. So I guess that would be the advice, if that makes sense. I think it's perfect advice. And I think people need to remember they if the, whatever their profession is or whatever their hobby is, they didn't get it right the first time. Yeah. You know, you're going right. to write a book, <laughs> you you put <laughs> right words down, then you go back and go, oh, what the heck did I just write? Let me redo that. And so there, that's why there are drafts and why there are editors and why there are proofreaders and all of that in writing. You, it, it, The same thing applies to any craft. Mm -hmm. You don't learn it the first time. You see somebody on TV playing guitar, it's like, well, I could do that. And, and my answer is, uh, no, you can't. <laughs> Not until you work at it really hard for a long time. Exactly. So good advice. As you know, one of my favorite singers of all time is Frank Sinatra. Not necessarily yes. dating myself. He just <laughs> has a style all of his own. Uh, Mine you know, like, too. Yeah, I liked him when I was a kid and I like him I now. I did too. And do you think he just woke up one day and grabbed a mic and started singing? Oh, no. He went through a lot of really tough times just to get into a club to sing let alone after his career was going you know, he got knocked down a few times, looked like it was over, kept coming back. And even throughout his entire career, very few people know this. It appeared in a book that I happened to read. It was a two book series, each book about 800 pages, like everything in the world about Frank Sinatra is he would sit alone for hours writing the lyrics to his songs that he was going to sing in concert because he felt if he wrote them down, literally pencil and paper, it would help him memorize them better. 
So here's a guy making millions of dollars, known worldwide, still working his fanny off. So there's no easy way. There's no shortcut. You must work hard, be willing to work hard and consistently work hard, not just when you feel like it, but all the time. No, I think actors, actresses, singers, dancers, musicians, all the people that we think of as the arts that are performing for us, it looks so effortless. Mm-hmm. It's not effortless at all. They spend no. hours, even if they're, even if they're stars, mm-hmm. they spend hours tweaking and learning <laughs> and doing all those things. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's just incredulous to me that... I've had friends who said, oh, I'm going to start a podcaster. Jenny and I are going to start a podcast. And then, you know, you get this, oh, listen, listen to what we did. And you're like, please, no, just don't. (laughs) You know, it's just you're going to embarrass yourself and everyone else that you know by doing it. But if you work at it hard and you recognize what your problems are and you fix them. But it's you've got to know where you're right and where you're wrong and then work on the parts that you need help with. People aren't willing to do that. You know, people who design cars for a living, the automotive engineers, Mm -hmm. they didn't just fall out of bed and design their first car and have it sold by GM. They had to go to college and study and work and get better and uh, work with other people and and improve. Everything, uh, somebody, this one physician said, anything worth doing is really hard. And so I guess that back to the original advice, yeah, do a podcast, have the content knowledge, but be prepared to work hard because it is hard and it is time consuming. And that's no complaint on this end because we absolutely love it, don't we? Absolutely. Well, we're both workaholics a little bit anyway. <laughs> we've yeah. always yeah. gone at things full bore, full gusto if we're going to do something. Well, yeah, because um, yeah, if it, as my father always said, if you're going to do it, do it. That's right. Don't don't say it. If you're going to lead, lead. It's just, you know, you, you can't just go, oh, I want to do this. And then, oh, wait, three weeks later, oh, it hasn't happened yet. Why hasn't it happened yet? <laughs> But I was so good at yeah. it. No, you're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, if you're just going to give it a half effort, then don't do it. But if you want to do it, whether it's playing guitar, or designing a car, doing a podcast, be ready to throw yourself into it and be relentless about it. Uh, that would be my advice. Sounds like perfect advice to me. All right. Now, before I rudely interrupted you, what else were you going to say? Yes, I wanted to get into this. Uh, we had a gentleman from Australia send us an email, and I asked if he would... Uh, turn it into a voicemail. We can always read emails on the air, but it's so much better if it's in the original author's voice. And his name is Bruce from Australia. He found our podcast on July 18th, started listening to them. And uh, recently on November 18th, he uh, finished. So he got all caught up. <laughs> it took him a few months. You know, we're turning out a show a week. It's an hour a week. It yeah. It's kind of time. hard to believe how many we've done already. <laughs> yep. Episode 26. That's yes. 26 hours. You can't just find that in your back pocket. Uh, but why don't we go ahead and, and uh, give it a listen right now? Okay. Okay. Here we go from uh, Bruce down in Australia. All right, Frank and Lisa, this is Bruce from Adelaide in South Australia. I found your podcast on July 18th and started listening to them. Today, November the 18th, I listened to the last one. I'm so looking forward to the next episode with a continuation of the interview with Pastor Jim. As a minister of the gospel myself and a former credentialed Pentecostal pastor, I can relate with Pastor Jim. I watched his interview on Aching for Eden several months ago and related to it. Now, when I say I'm a formal credential pastor, I surrendered my credential not because of my 
naturalism, but because of several major differences in theology with my denomination. However, I do believe that if my denomination knew of my secret nudist life, they would have removed my credentials from me. I first discovered the joy of being outdoors clothes free before I was a teenager. When I got involved in church, I was taught that social nudity was evil. So I kept my history to myself. I became a pastor and over three decades, I was a closet nudist, taking every opportunity I could to be naked, hoping to never be caught out. I guess you could say that I was naked and ashamed due to wrong theology and teaching. I could never understand how God made Adam and Eve naked and unashamed, but can't restore us to that state today. The truth is he can, and there is an innocence, freedom and joy when you discover it. I've gone from being naked and ashamed to being naked and unashamed, just by studying what the Bible actually says. Recently, after 25 years of marriage, I confessed my secret nudist life to my wife. She is an absolute gem, an amazing woman, and I love her very much. And while she is not comfortable herself in participating, she allows me to be socially new when in a proper situation. We have watched many positive documentaries and YouTube clips together on naturalism. So she has a good understanding of it. We have also showed some clips to our older children to try and balance the media's poor portrayal of nudism that they're constantly bombarded with. Keep up the great work, guys. I will become more active in promoting social nudity so you may hear about me somewhere. I'm happy for this to be played on one of your podcasts because I record this naked and unashamed. Keep up the good work. And again, that was uh, from Bruce down in Australia. And uh, Lisa, just wonder uh, your thoughts on that. We had a, a voicemail recently or an email or whatever it was. A guy didn't tell his wife about it, and she had a bad reaction. Uh, at least Bruce's wife, she's not willing to dive in, but she's not shutting him down. Any thoughts on uh, his voicemail? Well, I think that, that there's one lesson to be learned here, and that's to always tell the truth from the very beginning. And I think in this case for Bruce, he's very fortunate to have a wife who understands his needs and his motivations and what he wants, but you know, even if she's not willing to participate. So, you know, there there's compromise is probably the one thing that everyone in any relationship, friendship or relationship wise, has to have is and so but the fact that she's giving him that space to do what he enjoys doing and not condemning him or making him feel insecure or inferior because of it, I think is wonderful. And you, and we talked about this before. There's once you have done this, once this is important to you, not to be able to do it when you can is very frustrating. And, and I think it becomes in sort of a, like the old, roller coaster that you just can't get off of you constantly wanting to do it and constantly not being able to so the emotions are just become out of control yeah well he'd uh, mentioned in his voicemail he became or discovered the joy of being clothes free outdoors when he was a teenager so he knew this long before he was married mm-hmm. and apparently didn't tell her until after 25 years 
And that goes with anything. You know, we are not relationship experts. We're not schooled in this. We oh, don't gosh. have our PhDs no. in relationships. Uh, but just in general, since, uh, you know, we get a lot of these uh, emails, very similar stories is just be upfront. Now, again, if Bruce, anybody, Bruce in this case, if he had told his wife before they got married, oh, by the way, I love to live clothes free. She might have said, you know, you're a kook. I'm out of here. Lose my phone number. Well, OK. You know, that's sometimes the risk you take. But I look at it. It's, it's better to have no relationship with, you know, in terms of marriage, do not marry that person and then squelch your own desires because that'll come out the wrong end somewhere down the road too, won't it? Absolutely. And you know, when, when you deny yourself anything, I've had this conversation with friends who are like, oh my goodness, you're going to have a candy bar. How dare you? You know, well, I don't eat a candy bar every single day. This is the first one in a month, you know? So they, they get to the point where people deny themselves what's pleasurable and important to them. And when you do that, then every time you do, you've taken a little piece of that desire Mm -hmm. and pushed it into a, a place where the need starts to build. Mm-hmm. And then you go overboard and then you don't have the control that you should have. And, you know, again, as we said, we're not psychologists. I'm just talking from pure experience and, and from observation. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, uh, my view is you have to be upfront. If you hide it, it's going to come out anyway. And that's going to be worse. Oh, you were this way for this many years and you never said a word. Oh, that's not a discussion I want to have. <laughs> no. And then, and, and then they think, what else haven't you told me? And there you go. What else are you hiding? That's right. And, they, you know, and rightfully so, because that's a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. I told you about the one friend of mine who did a lot of traveling before he even met his prospective wife, told her during the relationship. And I guess she knew it because they worked at the same company. You know, I travel all the time. I love every second of it. So yeah, as this develops and now we're getting married, don't forget, I travel a lot. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I love you. And well, after they got married, hey, this is a problem. I want you to stop traveling. And he had to say, I told you up front, I don't know why we're having this discussion. Uh, eventually, he did stop traveling. But part of that was because he was getting older and decided, this is really hard. And then it was starting to have kids. And, you know, after a while, uh, the fun goes away from that kind of travel. But, yeah, just be up front, right? Exactly. And, you know, I've done that kind of travel where, you know, the bag was packed next door and you never knew when, when because I was a, a kind of a troubleshooter for a company. And, there's an adrenaline rush with that. There's fun with that. But I also had no other obligations. But had I been in a situation at the time, I would have said, Hey, this is what I do. You know, I might be sitting here on Sunday night at nine o'clock and get a phone call and I'm out of here at 6am tomorrow morning. Bye. And because it was something I loved and thrived on and enjoyed tremendously being able to jump into those situations and try to help. And So, yeah, if you, if you don't tell, it's kind of like, the, you know, don't show, don't tell in writing. Yeah. Show, be yeah, honest, right. be upfront, right. tell the truth. Yeah. And you might just find out the result is, as Bruce found out, OK, you know, honey, I love you. This is terrific. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. But if you want to live close free, you know, knock yourself out and and they're working it out together. And, you know, maybe he'll kind of inch her yeah. along and she'll inch, inch herself along and try it someday. But. At least Bruce was up front now, and 
uh, they got it together. So, and I'm glad they did. And yeah, it's, absolutely. It's fabulous, and she she showed tremendous maturity and in and respect for him to yeah. do that. So I think Very that's much great. So. Yeah, I do. Good too. for Bruce. All right, Lisa. Well, thank you. This is our uh, December 23rd uh, installment episode. Uh, so have a Merry Christmas, and I'm assuming it's going to be a close-free Christmas, I hope. Oh, well, <laughs> as much as possible, let's put it that way. And Merry right. Christmas to you. All right. I won't make any jokes about where you were wearing the mistletoe today, because that I will start know. another conversation. <laughs> Let it go. And That's our secret. Listeners <laughs> can use their own imagination, but we'll let that go for now. Anyway, Lisa Monroe, weekly correspondent on Naturism. Thank you. Have a close-free Christmas. Have a close-free week. We'll talk next time. You too, Frank. Merry Christmas. Thank you. I suppose I should confess, uh, for the sake of being fully honest with you, Uh, Lisa Monroe was not totally naked for that segment. She did have on some sort of a red and green Christmas hat. So I guess we'll let her get away with that just this one time. (laughs) The terrific Lisa Monroe, always a ray of sunshine here in the studio and uh, certainly on the show. Well, you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 26 today. Thank you very much once again for being with us. We crave this time together. We enjoy this time together. Celebrating clothes-free living for all of the right reasons. Well, let's get to part two now of my interview with the very terrific and highly prolific author currently living in France, the terrific Ted Bunn. Now, looks like you have a couple of books in the Music, the Food of Love series. Uh, Any more to come? What are you thinking there? That one's a difficult one because it reached a sort of end point okay that is going to require restructuring to move forwards the family's got to move on from being just the two of them okay and you've got all this problem with children the same thing's happened with crook and lock they've reached the age where children are about to appear mm-hmm. yeah which could and often does change everything sometimes it, it doesn't though it, People it, it won't and... change everything but you have it does change their sort of particularly with crook and lock they're chasing off around the world, solving crimes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Now, you have a number of standalone books here you've listed on your website. I see five of them. Are those naturist books or not necessarily? Uh, most of them are naturist. There are a couple that aren't naturist. The Last Day of June is actually a family saga, well, three-family saga, covering the period between the start of World War II and more or less now, naturist references, about people swimming naked in the lake in the background of one scene and um, the fact that the German character finds himself on a beach in the south of France where their people are naked and he notes that he can now do this when he couldn't during the actual war because nobody would let him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we get that sort of reference. The other one, the after the event, mm-hmm. is an apocalypse an apocalyptic story, the world virtually ends. And at one point, the head of the surviving family announces that they are going to be naturists from now on because clothes are too precious to be worn every day. Yeah. They're needed for protection. Yeah. Well, that that, that works for you, doesn't it? It works for me. 
Yeah, <laughs> I kind of so, like that. Yeah, it, well, it's implied from there on that people are naked. It just isn't referred to, which yeah. is actually the theme of my posting for this month yeah. in the naturesfiction.org blog, which is about when when does dressed fiction become naturist fiction? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you don't say that somebody's wearing clothes, are they? Yeah, right. Well, that's that's one of the tricks that I'm hearing from people who write naturist books. And you tell me if you agree with this. Writing a naturist fiction book doesn't mean that you use the word naked every third word, because then it just becomes cumbersome and it becomes, okay, we get it. The people are naked. Now it's uh, it's not fun to read anymore. Uh, Do you agree with that? Have you seen that before or heard that? Absolutely. Once you've established that the character is naked, there's no need to refer to it ever again. Yeah, right. Unless they get dressed. (laughs) <laughs> to go down to the shops. Yeah, I mean, you could refer to it in a sense of, and I, I'm not in your league in terms of being a naturist fiction author, but, you know, halfway through the book, uh, they're walking through and they bump into a chair and you could say, you know, they bruise their bare hip, you know, as they walk yeah. by. And that's just a slight reference. Oh, yeah, hey, the person's naked. I occasionally use dropping food down themselves, laughing and mopping it off because it's so much easier than when you're wearing clothes. It is. Yeah. That's, see, that's another huge advantage of, of being nude. And really, I, I, you know, on the one hand, we could make jokes about it, but it's true. You know, ketchup stains, well, it doesn't really stain your skin. If you wipe it off right away, you're good to go. But pour, uh, you know, spill ketchup on a white shirt, a dress shirt or a T-shirt. You might have to throw that shirt away if you don't address it right away, correct? Mm. It was the ties when I was repping. <laughs> Mayonnaise all down them. That's right. I must have about a billion ties, and I would say over half of them are stained from some lunch or dinner or even breakfast that I had along yeah. the way. But now, had I been nude in my jobs, no no stains on the ties. I should have thought of that years ago. <laughs> now, you have a bunch of short stories here, too. Uh, what are, are those standalone short stories that you publish somewhere? Are they available in books or what? Yeah, they are available. In, well, they're available for e-download. Um I'm about to put together a collection of some of the independent short stories, Mm -hmm. the ones that are in the rags to riches world, Mm -hmm. things like Cocoa and Pajamas, Bear Aid. They're in a a book called The Shorts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is how we end up with multiple, more more titles on Amazon than we actually have books. Ah, I got you. Now, of course, everybody knows that book, Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, you have yeah. a book, Forty Shades of Green. <laughs> what is that? What's that little story that, all about? It's just set in Ireland. Um, it's a rags story. Mm-hmm. He's been invited by a group of naturists to advise them on how to establish a resort in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And they drag him around the island of Ireland, where everything's green and lush and wet and very wet and wetter still. Okay. And eventually... <laughs> They find a place, and that's basically the story. All right. Now, I noticed on your website, uh, we'll give that out, and I'll have you give it out later, too, tvhost.co.uk. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, you talk about naturist fiction there. You have a special page dedicated to it. And I like, especially, you have three bullet points, especially the second bullet point. These stories in general do not have a focus on sexual acts. And I'm glad, I'm glad you put that in there because so many people think, oh, they took their clothes off. It's going to be a wild party with 100 people. and uh, That's just not naturism at all, is it? No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. And um, it's sad that so many people think it is. It's part of the reason why 
nature is fiction, I think, exists. It's actually to try and educate people who aren't naturists that naturism is just about having a fun, a laugh, doing stuff in the garden, which you do anyway, but yeah. doing it without clothes on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just living your life clothes free, you know, working in the kitchen or, as you mentioned, working in the garden, wherever it's appropriate and legal. You know, we, we don't get into, you know, pushing the envelope or walking down the middle of the street just because you think you can. It's it's living clothes free for all the right reasons, right? In theory, you can in Britain walk down the middle of the high street, start naked. That's true. As long as you're not doing it with the purpose of scaring the uh, natives. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And of course, there could always be... Uh, you know, a, gr- a gray area there. Somebody says, hey, he was doing it for this reason. You're, you would say, no, I wasn't. Well, then yeah. who determines the outcome? You know, it could be a long day for you with the police or the court or whatever. But uh, so yeah. generally not recommended. You don't want to just do that every single day, right? No, that's it. I've got better things to do than hang around at the police station <laughs> waiting to be released because I haven't actually broken the law. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you'd probably have to have clothes on at the police station. Just totally ruined your day. But wrapped in a blanket at least, yeah, totally. All right. Well, these are terrific books, and we're talking to a naturist fiction author, uh, Ted Bunn. And Ted, uh, how do people get your books? Do they go to your website? Uh, do you want to send them somewhere else? Uh, how can they find you? At the moment, the easiest way is just to go to Amazon mm-hmm. and download them from there. Okay. Or purchase them there if they're paperback versions. Okay. And uh, look up Ted Bunn. Look up Ted Bunn. B-U-N. Yeah, you'll find him. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, your part of this uh, other group, uh, naturistfiction.org, with a couple of other gentlemen. Uh, Tell us, uh, we talked to Will Forrest about this back in September. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us what this is all about. Um, Basically, it's the three of us, Will Forrest, Mm -hmm. Paul Walker, Paul Z. Walker, and myself. And basically, we blog about different aspects of naturist fiction, how we view naturism and how we approach tasks in writing about anything from scene setting through to how life reflects naturist fiction in many cases. I mean, Will had a beautiful post a couple of months back where he's uh, comparing an image with something he's put together in his house involving a statue, Mm -hmm. looking at a book and reading it. And it works very nicely. So it's there, it's readable, it's light. We don't publish whole stories there, but we talk about thinking about. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, is your general concern there to educate people on what naturism is and naturist fiction is all about? It's what naturist fiction is all about. Yeah, um, okay. Okay. And the constraints. Well, I mean, a lot of my current blog is about what is the difference between naturist fiction, ordinary fiction, and erotica? Okay. I just sort of quote a couple of lines yeah. from a, a potential book, you know, sort of, oh, she was glad she'd put on her Dior little black number when he turned up in his smart boss suit, Hugo right. Boss suit. Right. That's fine. That is okay. obviously clothist. Right. Um, and then there's sort of a little bit about... She glanced at his bulge in his swimwear as he, mas- as he massaged suntan lotion into a 38D. And I thought, well, that's obviously going somewhere else. Right. <laughs> Naturism. Yeah. The sun was setting, and I suppose we ought to put our clothes on, he said. 
Perhaps we can wait till we get to the car, she replied as she gathered up her clothes and her towel. Yeah, that's actually three pretty good examples. It yeah. illustrates the differences uh, quite starkly, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And, uh, so it's that's part of the blog, and I developed the theme a little bit more further on. Yeah. All right, so the three of you write about that to educate the world what nature's uh, fiction is all about, but you also uh, publish anthologies there, correct? Yeah. But the anthologies go right back to Paul Z. Walker, mm-hmm. prolific author in his own right. He came up with the idea of, why don't we write a series of stories all called Murder in the Nudist Colony? Yeah. <laughs> what could be more pleasant than that, right? Get around a bit, put, yeah. in our, put out some stuff on Twitter about it, and managed to get, I think it was 12 stories together. Wow. They weren't all called Murder in the Nudist Colony in the end. Yeah. But you know, so if we put it together and it's sold either as an ebook or as a paperback. Okay. And the profits from the book in its entirety go to Doctors Without Borders, as it's known oh, in yeah. America, MSF, Medicine Sans Frontier, as it is in Europe, to enable them to sort of carry on their work. After that, lots of people said, oh, that was fun. Can we do it again? So we went for uh, romance in the holiday camp. Okay. And we got a similar number of books. By the time the third one came through, which was holiday in the nature's camp, we were up to 15. Wow. And the most recent one, we decided to give up the, sorry, holiday in the nudist colony. We gave up the nudist colony bit because it's becoming a bit limiting. Yeah. (laughs) And we decided just to have adventures without clothes as a tribute towards our... Doctors Without Clothes benef- uh, Doctors Without Frontiers charity. So yep. we went for Adventures Without Clothes and came up with, I think it's 20 stories in there now by various people, oh. including Will, including Linda, who mm-hmm. you spoke yep. to in, was it Podcast 11? Uh, yeah, she was oh, on uh, 11 and 12 yep. back in September. Yeah. 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 Linda Weber. So, Lots of people in contributing. Yeah. Some people not even naturists involved. That's great. So in these uh, these anthologies that you guys uh, mm-hmm. publish, uh, so you you seek uh, authors, you seek submissions through Twitter. Is that basically how you yeah. do it? Okay. Twitter and occasionally on Facebook, but mainly Twitter. Okay. And then what do you look for? Uh, do you give people uh, a general guideline, like we yeah. want a, a word count and all that good stuff? Uh, the word count is set that it should be round about 3,000 words. Okay. And sort of the title gives a clue to what it is, a romance within a nudist colony. Yeah. Or yeah. a murder within a nudist colony actually sets. You can do what you like as long as yeah. you meet the title. As long as there's some naked stuff going on and some murder going on, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> For that one. Okay. Any other anthologies coming down the road? or uh, how's uh, that At the moment, Will and I are resting. It's quite a lot of work oh, yes. involved oh, in yeah. each of those because, I mean, it goes through an editing process. Mm-hmm. Fabian Bartes um, does the cover design for us each time. And so we've got a, quite a team working on this and it requires coordination and stuff. And, you know, bringing everything together requires time and effort and distracts from writing that's right well first of all you have to read the stories yeah to get an idea if they're going to be good enough for your book but and then like you mentioned you have to edit them yeah is that your basic role are you the editor or do you farm that out or how does that work 
we will and I split the editing. I sort okay. of do the story sense type editing okay. and go back to people saying, you know, sort of, if you rewrote that so that they don't meet there, they meet there, mm -hmm. further down the road, yeah. it would make a better story. Okay. And Will does the final dotting I's, crossing T's, and no, you can't use this subjunctive there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so between the two of you, you got a pretty good handle on it. Yeah. And uh, I think you said you have three books out there, three anthologies. Is that right? Four. Four. And they're all available right now, either through right your now, website through or, Amazon or through other bookstores as well. Okay. Because we've chosen not to go with Kindle Unlimited so that we can go widespread for distribution. Okay. You should and, be able to pick them up from Apple, Google, Barnes hmm. & Noble, the whole works. Okay. And again, that website is naturistfiction.org if people are interested. Yeah. Okay. And I'm guessing they can seek you out if they say, hey, Ted, I'd like to write a story on this. And then yep. you'll certainly get back to them and go from there. Yep. We'll do. All right. No fear on that respect. All right. We're talking to Ted Bunn this morning, born and raised in England, has lived in France uh, for a number of years now. And he is a prolific uh, naturist fiction author. And uh, Ted, before we get into your naturist resort that you own with your wife, Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you, how they can get your books, anything you want to tell us today. Well, you can find me on Amazon. Just search for Ted Bunn and go to the author page that's there. That lists all my books and a brief bio biography of me. Or you can go to my personal website, which is tvhost.co.uk. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Or you can simply email me via submissions at tvhost.co.uk. All right. And well, you get a good. response, unless you're rude. <laughs> That's true. Well, let's talk about your naturist resort. It's not everybody who owns their own naturist or nudist resort, but you and your wife do. Yeah. Uh, I know the backstory because I read up on you, but tell our listeners how this came to be. You went from, I think you said about 2004 is when you really delved into nudism, yeah. naturism. So what was the impetus for buying your own place? How, how did it come about? That came about because we were about to come to the States mm -hmm. for a brief visit to Cypress Cove. Uh -huh. And I bought the local the British naturist magazine, H&E. Mm H&E -hmm. &E Naturist, as it now is. Um, and in there was an article about the owners of a resort in Portugal who wanted rent it to a couple to run because they were moving on to other things. Okay. I thought, that sounds interesting. So mm -hmm. I sent them an email and I ended up running the Quinta de Horta in Portugal for three summers. Okay. On a rental basis. Mm -hmm. And we discovered that actually we quite liked it. Okay. And there was a problem with the Quinta in that it was falling down. So we decided not to buy it and invest the money there. Okay. And basically I went back to the UK to work and we went on holidays and things. Then my wife saw a an advert for a village in northern France, mm -hmm. tiny little hamlets, half a dozen houses, a bar, swimming pool, tennis court, some ridiculously cheap price. We thought, oh, let's go and have a look at that. We speak right. French after all because we haven't, not speaking Portuguese was a big handicap. We're trying to find somewhere to run a business <laughs> there. Right. 
And we went and looked, and that was no good. Mm-hmm. And eventually we moved our way further south through France, and we found the place that is now L'Olivette. Okay. A little house in the countryside, just outside a small village, mm-hmm. in the valley, surrounded by hills, very, very private. Wow. And it's beautiful, and we love it. Yeah. Now, the description on your website said it's a character country house with a one-bed private apartment, large garden, and pool, Mm -hmm. a beautiful tourist village area, and they have access to restaurants and bars, although you'd be tempted to just sit around the pool, you say. Yeah, most people sit around the pool most of the time. Yeah. They do go off for days. I mean, they've gone, our guests at the moment have gone out because today's a little bit cloudy, so they've gone to do the touristy bits. Well, the sun isn't shining. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Then they come back, the clothes come off, and they enjoy mm-hmm. your pool again. Yep. Looking at a picture of your place online, taken from above, but, uh, you know, you mentioned the beautiful countryside. Yeah, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. There's greenery everywhere, trees everywhere, and a yep. pool uh, right in the middle of it uh, with it looks like a, a fairly tall and healthy hedge going around the pool, or at least on two sides. It's round about shoulder height. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's nice and healthy. Hedge itself is actually 10 feet above the road that goes past. So, oh, wow. So well nice, shielded. Nice and private. Yeah. And uh, you told me before we started, you're really well booked right now, right? You have. Uh, you're, you're we are full for next year already. Wow. Yeah. You mean, meaning 2024, you're totally booked? Yeah, 2024, we're fully booked. That's incredible. Hmm. Have you ever thought about expanding, maybe building a second house there? Or? We did and decided not to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would change the whole ambience of the place yeah. um, and make it more like work. At the moment, we do it basically so I can tell the same joke seven <laughs> times a year and get a different laugh. <laughs> That's right. Well, if people stay at your place, and I know you're, you're fully booked, so they can't stay with you right now, but uh, how long do they stay? Do you have a minimal uh, minimum time they have to stay, or is it just whatever they want to do, or what? We normally insist on three days, okay, as a minimum. Yeah, we've got people staying with us for a fortnight now, and that seems to be fairly typical at the minute. Okay, now, can they stay longer if they say I want to book your place for a whole month? They can do that. Yep. Okay, they certainly can. Just a matter if it's available or not. So yep. what do you recommend if they want to book for 2025? Can they get in touch with you now, or are you waiting to take those calls till later? We'll be waiting to take those calls till later because then so much changes. Um, we've only just finished sorting out the mess left by the virus that arrived a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Mm. Yeah, I'm guessing that impacted your business somewhat at the time. If it had been a business, it would have done horrifically so. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you mean? It, it, what do you mean if it were a business? It, it's something we do because we enjoy doing it. We yeah. don't need to do it. Gotcha. Whereas our closest neighbours have got a place with eight rooms, and that is their income. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a different story. Now, yeah. They suffered. Yeah. Seriously, during the lockdown. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet so. So you have the one-bedroom uh, private apartment available. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Just the yeah. one spot. So you're not hosting 10 families. You're hosting one. One or family at a time, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what are some of the other amenities there? Obviously, you have the pool. You have restaurants and bars close by. Is there a beach close by? Is there a nature? The beach is a little bit distant. Um, it's about an hour to get there. 
you could get to it. You can get to a textile beach a little bit quicker, but a nature's beach is an hour. Yeah, well, that's not too bad, I guess, right? It's it's a reasonable drive there and drive back, and plus you get yeah. to see the countryside. Hmm. That's it. You guys plan to stay there? Is this your forever place? You're not going back to any other country? You're going to stay You're in You're not France? going back to any other country. We might have to move eventually, simply because there are lots of stairs around the place. Oh, sure. Yeah. And the property's built into the side of a hill. Yeah. We live downstairs, which is down the exterior stairs to get to it mm-hmm. and they're a bit uneven so yeah. as age takes its toll on us we probably <laughs> have to think again well you know you could always install a water slide to get down now getting yeah, up but a different story but yeah need a winch to get me back up <laughs> uh, but but you enjoy the country of france you think that's where you'll stay or yep. okay absolutely all right how often do you get to the usa um Probably every other year. Well, My son problem. lives in Indianapolis, right in the middle of the USA. So, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. I know exactly where it's at. We've, we've been there a few times, and hmm. uh, nice state, nice area. A lot of farming up there. Lots uh, of farming around there. So, yeah. and we use the opportunity, having decided we're going, that we'll tack on a week before or after and go off and do something. For ourselves. Yeah, well, nothing wrong with that. Now, they do have some naturist clubs in Indiana, I believe, right? Mm, there is, but yeah. we've not visited. Okay. Because we'd have the family in tow. And as my son's father-in-law pointed out, my granddaughter is probably the only young lady in the state of Indianapolis who's got two naturist grandparents. <laughs> Sorry, grandfathers. Yeah. Well, that would actually be my next question. Uh, do your kids know that you're a naturist? It sounds like absolutely they do. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we were in Portugal, the daughters would come out and stay two, three, four, five, six weeks with us. Wow. Very good. <laughs> they, they would lie around in their bikinis and yeah. have a nice time. But, yeah, they know we're naturists. They've been on yeah. holidays with us before that as well. So, yeah. But they are not naturists. They were not raised as naturists. They're not naturists. They were not raised as naturists. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a bit of a gap between scout camp mm. and 2004. Yeah. And during that period, both my wife and I were married to other people. Oh, well, okay. Well, that, that, <laughs> that answers that question right away. Yeah. Well, it's been great to talk to you. We've uh, been talking to Ted Bunn, highly prolific naturist fiction author, and we want you to check out all of his books. He has a few series going out there, some standalone books, the anthologies. He's working together uh, with Will Forrest on and, and another gentleman. We'll get his name in a minute. Uh, but, Ted Bunn, before we let you go, tell our listeners how they can, uh, first of all, find all of your books today and how they get in touch with you about your books. You can find the books on Amazon. Either search by the book's title or search Ted Bunn, and you'll come up with a page full of my books. Mm-hmm. Either that or you can go to TV host, tvhost.co.uk, mm-hmm. or you can email me at submissions at tvhost.co.uk. Okay. So easy to get in touch with. Okay. And then if we want to, uh, if our listeners want to get in touch with you about these anthologies that you're putting out, uh, what is the website for that? Again, Amazon is good for that. My personal website is good for that. The naturistfiction.org website 
also has the details on it. Okay. What, what is the name of the third gentleman? It's you, Will Forrest, and who's the third one? Paul Z. Walker. Okay. All right. Very good. And then, of course, we want to put the information out. Even though you have no openings for 2024, uh, what is the website for your naturist uh, resort? Handluggageholidays.co.uk. I like that hand luggage because they really don't need much, right? If they're coming That's to a right. nature. <laughs> that was one of the founding principles when we took over the Quinta de Horta yeah. was that everything somebody would need to bring would be there apart from their personal cosmetics and stuff. We even arranged to sort of go out and buy shampoo for people. Wow. The towels are there. The bedding was there. You know, everything that you could possibly need. And it got taken to the limits by a Dutch guy by the name of Harm yeah. <laughs> who arrived with his wife for yeah. their 50th wedding anniversary and stayed three weeks. His hand luggage was his harmonica, as uh, um, <laughs> squeeze box, accordion. Okay. Well, I like that. You should, you should give each guest uh, one of those quart sized sandwich bags and say, whatever you can fit in the bag, that's what you can bring. You don't need anything yeah. else. No. <laughs> that's great. Ryanair well, have very strict rules, and they're the main internal airline for Europe, about mm-hmm. your bag cannot be bigger than 20 inches by 8 inches by 15, I think it is. Yeah. If it, if it goes in there, it's hand luggage. If it doesn't, you have to book it, so you yeah. can pay extra for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have it down down cold. Well, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, very much an admirer of yours, Ted, here at the studio slash office. Because of all the work you do with promoting naturism, obviously you're a prolific writer, a gifted writer, and we admire you for that. And all of the work that you're doing uh, with naturistfiction.org, giving the money to Doctors Without Borders. And uh, Ted Bunn, let's do this again as more books come out, another series you might develop down the road. Let's get in touch. We'll get you back on. Most certainly. That would be great fun. Pleasure talking to you, Frank. Yeah, you too. Again, author Ted Bunn, check him out. The uh, He's given the websites. We'll put them in the show notes. And Ted Bunn, go out there and have a great day. We'll talk again soon. Will do. Thank you. The terrific Ted Bunn. Get out there and check all of his books out. Check out his anthologies with Paul Z. Walker and Will Forrest. And we thank Ted Bunn for all of his time on today's show. We hope that you enjoyed today's Christmas edition. Remember, we hadn't planned to be here, but we wanted to be here to celebrate Christmas with you. And we will be here next weekend to celebrate the New Year with you, too. How about that? And again, you've been listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist today, episode 26, our special right before Christmas edition. We hope you enjoyed this time together as we are celebrating the Christmas season totally close-free. We look forward to spending time with you on this show and connecting nudism, naked, naturism, close-free living for all of the right reasons. You've come to the right place, and we certainly enjoy all of the time that we spend together here on the show. Don't forget to send us a direct message or an email or hit us up on Spotify or our website. Well, thank you again for being with us today on Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 26 today. We give you a brand new show every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Continue to join us. Check us out on our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com, Spotify, Google, Amazon slash Audible, Apple Podcasts, and also on Twitter. You can write us anywhere, anytime, anyplace. And we thank you for being with us today. 
Plan to join us for every single one of our shows here and have your clothes off when you're listening. We have our clothes off when we're broadcasting, enjoying the naturist life. We celebrate clothes-free living for all. Remember to enjoy being naked and join us again for Naked Nudist and Naturist. We drop a brand new show every Saturday morning, so come back and join us. Have your clothes off when you do for Naked Nudist and Naturist. Have a great clothes-free day. Clothes-free living.